Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 362 of the RV Podcast. And this week, our topic of the week is going to be RV repair horror stories. We're going to learn about quality and service issues from an RV tech who spills the beans. We always look forward to these RV podcast get-togethers. I'm Mike Wendland, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. Hello, Michael. This is our new studio. Take a look. Um, you have been working so hard getting every all your ducks in a row here. Well, you know, we're going to have to do a, a tour of it. It's not quite done yet. We have to do some sound improvements and... Uh, a couple of other things, but uh, we'll show you the computer system that we use for this and our editing and our ham radio shack over at the other end and lots more. We'll do a, a whole video on those uh, uh, coming up here, but this is our inaugural podcast in the studio and with it, come, it's a good time for us to announce a little change up in the format of the, of the RV podcast, the way we've been doing it. We're just going to reverse things around a little bit so we have the interview of the week at the beginning instead of at the end. A lot of you have said, you know, you, you sort of title these podcasts after what the main interview is, and the interview has been coming about halfway in the program, and they say, get right to it. So, okay, for those of you who felt that, we're going to get right to it, and we'll be doing it in just a moment here. Uh, and then we'll pick up the news of the week and the RV questions and the tips and all that stuff will be at the end uh, after the interview. And of course, the show notes for this, uh, you can find links to everything we say at rvlifestyle.com. That's our RV uh, travel blog. And we've got some big changes coming for that too in a while. We're working on a kind of a whole new redesign of that. That'll be our uh, late fall, early winter project. Got to have a project. <laughs> you always have to have something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, that's the big news. The other news is uh, we're going to be at the Hershey RV Show. It's this week. It is on in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, it opens the day this podcast is released on the uh, 15th of uh, September, and it runs through the 19th, which is Sunday. Jen and I will be there Friday through Sunday, and we look forward to, to meeting everybody. Um, if you want to find us, the first meetup we'll do will be Friday afternoon at 2 p.m., and I'll give you the location. We're going to be inside the giant center on the upper concourse so when you walk in the wall in the in the main doors turn to the right you know it's like a stadium there so turn to the right and you'll start walking around and about a quarter of the way down is a booth from a company called internet on the go and uh, i think tireminder also and it's a pretty big display and jen and i will be there at 2 p.m Friday, and we would love to meet you. Come and see us there. And if you see us at the rest of the show, come and say hi. And I believe that's A331332. Oh, yeah. Uh, A331332. Those are the, the booth numbers. But walk in the main doors of the Giant Center, turn to the right, up on the upper level. Don't go down in the stadium. And uh, that's where we'll be at 2 p.m. Friday. We'll also try and arrange uh, maybe at a different location on Saturday uh, for everybody to come and say hi. And we look forward to, uh, to seeing everybody there. So um, lots of fun. And I can't wait for it. Hershey's always fun. And uh, 1,200 new RVs being, uh, being displayed there. Can't wait. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see you. We'll do a video on it. It's going to be a little different than most of our videos because we're only there during the big public days and that's the big crowd and it's very hard to take the time that you, you need to go inside an RV and shoot the video when there's a whole bunch of people in there. Because people get really mad at you for crowding them out and saying, would you please stay out for just a little bit? We just trying to get a picture. No. You're not appreciated. So we'll, we'll still find something to report on, but we look forward to meeting you guys. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about um, RV repair horror stories. And if you're buying an RV, if you have one in need of repair, or even for the future when you will need some repair, you're not going to want to miss this interview. That's when we come back right after this. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country. And there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just on a shop. In fact, 
we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it, as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. If you've visited an RV park lately, surely, besides all the RVs, you've seen these e-bikes. Jennifer and I are proud e-bike owners, and the e-bike that we chose are Rad Power Bikes, America's number one e-bike brand, offering direct-to-consumer pricing on powerful premium electric bikes. Jen and I love our Rad Power Bikes. We use them to go around the campground, to explore the area we're in. I have the city bike version. Hers is the step-through model. And those are just two of a whole bunch of different models offered by Rad Power Bikes. All of them can reach 20 miles an hour with zero pedaling. But of course, you can also pedal. And you've got five different levels of pedal assist to make the going just a little bit easier and fun. You can go between 20 to 40 miles on a single charge. Now, here's the deal. You can save $75 off if you use the coupon code RV Lifestyle at checkout. Plus, of course, free shipping. Now it's time for our topic of the week, RV Repair Horror Stories. And uh, we've got a real repair person who's going to tell us what he's seen out there on the road. I think you're going to want to take notes. Uh, Justin Green is his name. And uh, speaking of notes, we'll, we'll put a transcript of our interview on our uh, RV Lifestyle travel blog, rvlifestyle.com. Uh, Justin is a mobile RV tech, and he is also a full-time RVer with his wife and kids, uh, young teen kids. They travel around the country, and he uh, he he's, uh, uses an internet website and uh, called Go Green Mobile RV Repair. We'll put that link up later on. Uh, but he, we got talking some time ago. He's also a member of our RV Lifestyle Facebook group about all the things that he is seeing. Uh, quality issues, quality in terms of some of the builds that he's seeing on an RV that could have been corrected if the RV owner just had a good inspection before they bought the RV. And then issues after uh, when they brought in somebody to repair it, either at a big dealership or from another mobile RV tech. And one of the things I learned from this interview is that anybody can call themselves an RV repair tech. I've always wondered about that. What are their qualifications? Well, we can start Jennifer's mobile RV repair. <laughs> they're in trouble. Yeah, better not let Justin hear that. <laughs> if, if I repair, they're in trouble. <laughs> All right, here's our interview of the week with Justin Green of uh, Go Green Mobile RV Repair. Joining us right now is Justin Green from the road. Justin, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Mike? Why don't you introduce yourselves to the audience a little bit? Tell them uh, what kind of RV you're in, how you became sort of a traveling mobile RV tech, and then we'll get into some of the some of the things you've seen, good and bad, out there on the road. All right. Um, well, my name is Justin Green. I own a company called Go Green Mobile RV Repair. Um, we live in our 38-foot Fleetwood Storm, which you can see is a nice mess behind me. And um, we started traveling a few years ago. Um, we were living in Texas and realized it got entirely too hot for us in Texas. And we wanted to find a new place to live, but we had no idea where we wanted to live. So we figured we'd get into an RV, do some traveling, find the perfect space and maybe settle up there. And we've just been traveling ever since. We can't seem to pick a spot. We love it so much. Now, who is the we? You obviously have a family oh. and you don't travel alone. Yeah. I, I do. I have uh, my wife, Amanda, and I have my two kids, who's 14, and William, who's nine. And um, yeah, we've been homeschooling them on the road uh, long before COVID. Everyone thinks we got into homeschool because of COVID, but we were cool before it was cool. And um, yeah, we've just been traveling around. Right now, we're in San Diego, and we love it. So were you an RV tech before? Uh, how did you, you get into that part of the business? Well, I started off as a mechanic in the military. Um, I used to fix howitzers and some of their big artillery. And uh, when I got out of the military, we got into RVs for fun. So we had some for weekend trips. 
And I was just constantly working on it and learning about it and having to fix it. And whenever I had to have a professional come out, I noticed it was weeks until they could show up. And sometimes even when they did show up, they didn't know what they were doing. So I decided to start learning myself and doing the work myself. And then once I realized I was pretty good at it, I decided to go get certified. And I went to a class in uh, Clearwater, Florida to be certified to work on RVs. So what, what kind of a standards are those or certification? What should people look for when they hire a mobile RV tech? Well, of course, you want to look for somebody who's certified. But the challenge with certification is what does a certification even mean? So and you can get certified. The certifying? Yeah, exactly. There, there's RVIA, who is uh, industry standard for, for most uh, RVs around the country. And um, I went to a school called RVTC, which is a, a training center in Clearwater, Florida, where they use the same curriculum, the curriculum as RVIA, but it is a different accreditation. Um, I would say it's more important to make sure that your repair tech has better reviews. I'd make sure that they have insurance. <laughs> and um, I, I think those two things will be uh, more important than, say, a certification, because I could say my mom certified me, certified by, you know, Tammy Miranda. <laughs> And nobody would know what that meant. So <laughs> now you are traveling around the country and you work uh, from the road. How do people find you out there? How do they, they know you're there? That has actually been our biggest challenge. And one way we do that is I have a, a big sprinter van with our letter, our right, our business name, our number on the side. And most, I'd say probably 70% of our business comes from people seeing that van outside of an RV. And a lot of people walk up, my, my tech never showed up. <laughs> you know, I've been trying to get into camping world for months. I've been trying to get into La Mesa for months. Can you please help me? And so I, I get a lot of people in line like that. Um, we also have Yelp ads and Google ads that we can change no matter where we are in the world, in the country. Um, so usually we'll switch over our Yelp and our Google a few weeks before we get to a place. So we have our calendar pretty much booked up when we show up. Now, there is uh, certainly, as you, uh, as people tell you when they call you, that there is a challenge in getting into a, an RV dealership or a service center, just as there's oh, yeah. a challenge in buying a new RV. Uh, I've always been recommending mobile RV techs, but I'm wondering if lately, because there's so much demand out there, if there's a lot of shoddy work that's being done under the name oh. of a mobile RV tech. Now, I know I'm kind of asking somebody who does yeah. that, but you've been pretty vocal <laughs> in pointing yeah. out some of the horror stories that you've seen. I have been. Maybe you could share some of those with our audience. Sure. I'd say a lot. I'd say maybe, and these are just random numbers that I'm guessing based on my experience. I'd say maybe 30% of the jobs that I do, are to fix jobs from Camping World, La Mesa, other mobile techs, where somebody will show up, say that they're certified, they know what they're doing, oh, but I can't fix your problem because it's some crazy industry problem that you as a customer can't understand, so why don't you pay me my service fee and I'm gonna be on my way now, and then I have to show up, charge the customer again, and actually fix the problem, and that happens all the time. I had a customer in Maryland actually a few weeks ago, his water heater wasn't working, he had a mobile tech come out, I think he said, three or four times, finally replaced his water heater completely. I show up and it was a 10 year old, this mobile tech put in this poor man's RV and he wired it incorrectly so that there was an electrical fire inside the box behind the water heater. So I had to get in there and get it all wired up and fixed up properly. And the guy was just like, you know, I thought this was impossible because I had two separate techs come and tell me that I'm just not going to have hot water. And so it's exactly like you said, there are plenty of people who are just taking advantage of people, collecting that service fee and moving on. How do the average person as an RVer, how do they know when they're dealing with somebody who really doesn't have any skills or competency? Sure. Um, one of the big things that I do when I talk to customers is I tell them if I can't fix it or diagnose it, I will not charge them. And that is something really? that I would ask if I'm calling a mobile tech. Yeah, because for me, my, my time has value if I can bring that value to the customer. If I show up, oh, I don't know what the heck's going on. That'll be $200. I didn't do anything for you. I took a shot at the basket. I completely missed. And then for some reason, I expect you to pay me for not doing anything or making your life any better. So I know there's been a, a lot of amazing mobile techs that I've worked with all across the country. There's uh, Dan, the man RV repair in Florida, who also will tell you if he has any trouble, he will not charge you. There's Aspen RV, who's owned by another Justin. 
and he's the same way. You know, if he gets into something that he's struggling with, he'll tell the customer, like, I, I don't know what to do here. You know, if you want to tip me, that's fine, but I don't want to bill you for anything. I don't want to take advantage of you. So I would say as a customer to ask that question, if you can't solve my problem, are you still going to bill me your $200 an hour? Now, uh, what are some of the other problems that you have seen uh, in terms of repairs, either by the big dealerships or mm -hmm. by uh, other RV mobile techs? I think a lot of it comes down to um, inexperience and uh, inability to understand when you don't know. So for me, when I look at something and I don't know what's going on with it, I'll say, I don't know what's going on with this. So I'm going to find out. And I think a lot of dealerships, you know, especially Camping World, La Mesa, these big dealerships, they can't afford to say they don't know. So I think they just kind of shoot at the dark and fix things and hope that the customers solve. But I see a lot of things like RV electrical under plumbing fittings. So when that plumbing fitting starts to leak, it's dripping right on an electrical, you know, like a, a huge plug. I found one last week, actually. And right, we could smell something burning in his RV and we couldn't find it, couldn't find it. We're tearing apart his walls. We're taking out his cabinets. We're trying to find this burning. And finally, I see this little amber of fire coming from his closet. And there's this, it, it may be 15 wires in this little plug that connects right under a water valve. And it's just dripping right on electrical. I think the, I, I think a lot of the issue is for me, mobile techs, I charge $200 an hour to work on something for the first hour and $175 an hour for every hour after that. That's a lot of money. But for me to charge that, I feel like I need to know what I'm doing. If I go to Camping World, I'm getting somebody who just graduated a certification, who probably hasn't been working very long. They're making $20, $30 an hour. And I think there's probably a reason why they're making $20, $30 an hour. You know what I mean? They're, they're working for a major company because it's comfortable, it's simple, and they're safe there and they have someone to back them up. I'm alone in the field. So I have to read manuals at night when I go to bed. <laughs> I have to do the studying because I'm responsible for my name. Now, <clears throat> you mentioned that water drip. Uh, and I, I know there was another case I saw you talk about on your website. And we'll put links to all your all your websites sure. uh, in the show notes. Uh, but in the, you know, I had one where it was a manufacturing issue where somebody stapled a water line to the wall. <laughs> a staple would have been more understandable. They took a screw, they held up the water line with their hand, and then they put a screw through the center of the water line to mount it to that wall. <laughs> like an adult human person did this. I don't understand why, but what, what's, and that was a problem that I actually couldn't fix in the field. So I, I helped this woman and we were looking for this leak and I couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And finally we got to a point where we're looking at pulling her shower out, like her entire shower to come out because I could see there's water lines, but I can't get to it, but I can feel the drip coming from under it. So I had to tell her like, ma'am, I, I could try to pull your shower out in the field, but I don't know how many hours this is going to add up to. I think we should take this to a manufacturer, get it under your warranty and let them pull it out where they have all the equipment to lift and do everything that they need to do. And she did. And she sent me that picture that I, that I have on that video of that water line being held up by that screw. And I, I see things like this just absolutely constantly. I, I worked on a Thor uh, a couple weeks ago, none of their kitchen's light, lights worked. So I'm I'm following the, the the story of 12 volts, trying to find out where this power stops. And finally, I take apart their cabinets, and the wires are just like fresh cut wires, just laying on the floor of this cabinet, not hooked up to anything. Like they were never just wired. <laughs> so I had to install <laughs> switches. And then at one point, I'm playing with the wires, trying to figure out what they all do. So I touch two wires together, and she goes, "Oh my god." And I go, what? She goes, there's LEDs under my countertop. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. It's like she had no idea that they even existed. There's just so many it, problems like that. It sounds like uh, as the manufacturers are rushing as fast as they can to complete things, and, and they're having trouble getting parts, so they're really rushing when they do get them, that they're, a lot of stuff is going going past uh, you know the inspectors Definitely. who are supposed to check these things. Uh, yeah, not wiring wires, just leaving them anxious, putting a screw just, through uh, a <laughs> uh, a water line. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're kind of laughing, and we do too, listening to it. But I yeah. think of all these RVers who trust these people. You know, yeah. they trust I've had them. multiple fires in RVs. I had a woman's Aqua Hot set fire. Um, they woke up in the middle of the night, and they're a very very old couple. And they were lucky to that the fire didn't spread, but I don't think they would have gotten out of that RV if if that fire would have spread any worse. And that was 
Um, at the bottom of their Aquahot control board, there's like a, a, a positive and a negative DC terminal. And they were just, you know, loose and just knocked into each other and arced and started a fire. This is a brand new $300,000 RV. They just pulled yeah. off the lot. And while they're sleeping, we, it's setting fire. That's insane. Well, as we wind this up, um, for the average consumer out there, they've got a problem in their RV or they're thinking about buying an RV. Is there anything they can do before they call that tech? You said to ask for uh, some of the reviews and will you charge me, all that stuff. But what else can people do to avoid these horror stories? I know that it, RVs are expensive and this really sucks, but I think you need to get your own mobile tech when you're buying an RV or even looking at an RV. You need to have them come out and perform a PDI, a pre-delivery inspection. And those can be hundreds of dollars and they're not cheap because it'll take I can probably do one in three or four hours and, you know, at my rate, $175 an hour, that can add up. But I think it comes down to, um, and uh, what I hear from some of these companies, and I don't want to name names or burn anybody, but I hear that they're buying these companies and then demanding they're doubling their output without giving them more resources. So I've talked to multiple of these RV companies that have been bought out and they're just like, we don't, you know, we have to double our output, but we don't have more people to build them. So our time is literally cut in half to produce these RVs and get them out on the road. So a big thing is get it PDI, get it checked. When your dealer says, don't worry, we'll take it back and we'll fix it, don't believe them. Because they may not even be lying. They may, in their best intentions, want to work on your RV. But the reality is it's going to be three or four months before they can get to it. And then even if they can get to it, you know, just the work that you're going to get in a dealership is going to be so fast and so rushed because they're just, they're just completely swamped. Now, uh, you mentioned a PDI, a pre-delivery inspection, and to get your own inspector or RV tech out mm -hmm. there. I've heard of a lot of dealerships who say, no, we're not going to let you do that because that ties up our lot and we can't uh, yeah. keep a service bay open. Have you run into that problem? I have not. I don't need a service bay to do my PDI. I can do it wherever the RV is parked on their lot if they like, or I mean, do a test drive and tell them you want to take it somewhere where I can take a look at it. For me, if you're the one buying the RV, you're making the rules. I remember once I bought a car from Honda and right before we were driving off the lot, they didn't have floor mats in the thing. And we signed the papers. We made the payment. This was our car. And right when I look at the floor mats, I was like, Oh, Hey man, you guys forgot the floor mats. He goes, Oh, well, they don't come with floor mats. I was like, okay, cool. Here are the keys. I'm not buying this car. And like, like I said, ink was on paper and everything. And they went out of their way and they got me those mats. So I think you as a buyer, you need to know, no matter how busy they say they are, no matter how many they say the next person will just come buy it, you need to say, I want to buy this RV, but I need to feel comfortable when I buy this RV. And one good way to, to get them on their heels, I would say, is when they say that their service department will take it right away, just ask them, how backed up are you? you know, how backed up is your service department? Because I don't think they're going to lie to you about that. They're just going to tell you straight up. It's about a month and a half, two months out. Now, Justin, a lot of people are listening to you and saying, boy, I wish I had him near me. But uh, there is <laughs> something we do. To us. We have people who travel around the country and they follow it. Where are you going to be next? Because we want you to yeah. work on our RV again. I have a guy yeah. right now who's got a problem with his Tiffin and he, he's got another tech working on it. He's like, can you talk to this tech and let me know if he knows what he's doing? And that happens. Constantly. Now, you also do phone consults with, with RVers, right? I do. We've been trying to get that off the ground. That is something new we're trying to do. Uh, we haven't even had anybody try to use it yet, but this is for somebody who say knows how to use a multimeter, has the tools and really doesn't want to spend $200 or travel somewhere where they need to drop off their RV. And they just want to call somebody that says, Hey, connect this wire to this wire up. Oh, this is your problem. That's something that we're trying to get going. All right. Uh, easy way for people to get a hold of you. How can they do that? Um, all of our information's on our website. We have, a, you know, our, of course, our phone number. You can text us or message us on Facebook, um, pretty much <laughs> any way they like. I, I would use our website. That has a lot of good information on it. And give, give them that address. I'll put it on the screen below. Right now, it's gogreenmobilerverepair.com. Justin Green has been our guest. Justin, we will be talking to you again, I am sure. Thank you for sharing your expertise and your uh, tips and how we can avoid those RV horror stories. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Wow, I really enjoyed that interview. So I guess just like a house, you've got to get some, you have to hire some, an inspector before you drop your humongous amount of money down to make sure everything's kosher the way it should be. You know, it, it is expensive. Like you said, it's three or four hours. But think about it this way. For, for many people, your RV 
you know, it depends what kind of RV you get, but for many people, your RV is the most expensive purchase you'll ever make outside of maybe your six and bricks house. So to invest a few hundred dollars in a repair that will give you peace of mind uh, for all the years you're going to use it, that makes that makes great sense, don't you think? Yeah, but it's really sad that yeah, when you're buying something brand new that it has to be inspected. Yeah, yeah, it does. Doesn't seem to make sense. Anyway, we thank Justin for uh, the interview, and uh, again, there's a transcript of that interview, and you can find that uh, if you want to go back and make some some notes or look at the points he made, and a link and how you can get a hold of Justin as well uh, on our uh, RV lifestyle travel blog. You know, this is making me think of when you pick up an electric fry pan or you buy something at a store and they ask if you want to buy a warranty, be it a washer, be it a dryer. I wonder if that's the future. Well, it is the future. You can buy warranties. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, things that you never used to. You've got to be that. kidding. Maybe 10, 15 years ago, you'd yeah. buy something you want to buy. An ex and I would always say, for a long time, I was really obnoxious. I'd say, wait a minute, you mean your, your machine or whatever that I'm buying is so... Uh, unreliable that it's going to perhaps break, you know, in a short period of time, and I have to have an extra warranty for it. And the people, would, oh, you know, I'm, it, that's a big way to make money for the stores, for RV dealers who send warranties. But unfortunately, extended warranties and warranties are a part of life today, and you got to get one. But get a good inspection first. That's the takeaway, mm -hmm. right? Yes. All right. When we come back, we have lots of RV news for you. So stay with us. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battleborne batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have, and they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com lithium rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Fall is just around the corner, so it's time to start thinking about prepping for the off-season. And whether you own an RV, a travel trailer, or a camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. EmpireCovers.com offers high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect. Every cover comes with a free multi-year warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. If you're not in need of a full cover, Empire has just launched a line of RV rooftop covers that keep the roof of your RV clean and protected from UV rays. Listeners can receive free shipping and 60% off the original price of their cover order. Visit empirecovers.com slash RV lifestyle or use the promo code RV60 at checkout. Empirecovers.com, protect what you love. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us for the news of the week. We got a lot of RV news for the week. What's your first story this week? All right. First story this week is it's elk mating season. An excellent time for elk viewing. Just stay at a safe distance away. You know, if you really love looking at wild animals out in the uh, on your camping adventures, be aware that elk breeding season is officially beginning. Everywhere wild elk uh, herds wander, be it Alberta, Canada, Idaho, Estes Park, Colorado, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. <laughs> that means the, the uh, giant creatures are getting frisky and are out in the open in uh, Estes Park, Colorado this time of year. We've seen this where they uh, walk right down the main road. Right down the and main road. And when you street. really have to be careful is when they have their babies. Yeah, well, that's, the calves. that's, that's, that's another strange. story. This is mating season. This is mating season. The rut, they call it. And sometimes the 800-pound males will be bugling. The females Whoa. will gather around, <laughs> and uh, they won't care so much about the people. Just be careful not to get too close, as they can be aggressive and unpredictable this time of year. Uh, we go to a place uh, 
Uh, I, I you got camera. you called our dog. Yeah, I, I Bo is now out. in here. Daddy's in distress. I was. Hey, Bo is here. Hey, yeah, Bo. Bo says you're making a strange. I noise. I was making a strange noise, and uh, Bo and came. Bo's a little bored. Bo is a little bored. I was making <laughs> elk bugling noises, and yeah, that Bo really is, is fun. Here. Pigeon River uh, State Forest in Michigan is another place where we like to hear them. We go there usually every fall. Beautiful fall colors there. And, and they were out running around. Um, just don't get too close to great photographs for them. So I better stop elk bugling. <laughs> yeah, because you've, you've got poor bull quite upset. Hey, the other big story uh, is uh, fires. Man, we've been reporting on fires uh, the entire summer and now into almost the fall. And California has been at the center of so many of them. The worst fire season ever out there. And uh, there's at least three more Big fires that started last weekend at uh, Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks. Uh, there was a, a massive thunderstorm that went through, and they counted, uh, the meteorologists counted, 1,100 cloud-to-ground lightning strikes. Wow. And those lightning strikes caused an additional 11 fires in the National Forest. Uh, it's been an amazing year out there, a terrible year. I, how much how much is burned? I mean, it seems like we're reporting on it every single week. What, what is it? Uh, 2.2 million acres? 2.2 million acres have burned in California alone. Um, so the bottom line is, is there's still dangerous out there, and all of the national forests in California are closed to camping and recreational use. They were hoping they could open them maybe by the weekend, uh, but they just don't know. It's still extremely dry out there. Well, it makes sense to keep them locked down until yeah. things settle down a little bit. Yeah. So uh, the next story is uh, some Louisiana state parks damaged in Hurricane Ida are starting to open to campers. So that's good news. Louisiana state parks are making progress at clearing debris and damage from Hurricane Ida, with 50 camping spots opening at St. Bernard State Park for free for residents who still do not have power from Ida. While some of the state parks are starting to open, others like Tickfaw, uh, Fountain Blue, Grand Isle, and uh, Fairview uh, Riverside are closed because of flooding, wind, and tree damage, beach erosion, and more. Hurricane Ida was a Class 4, a Category 4 hurricane, which hit Louisiana earlier this month. We were down uh, on the Emerald Coast of the Florida Panhandle, about 200, a little over 225 miles or so from where Ida came ashore. And really, the, the, the storm, the wind and the rain, we were getting outer bands of it that far away. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just can't imagine what, how bad that was, what it was like right in the heart of us. Oh, so. I, I feel for these people. I can't imagine... As we report there. this, is another big one uh, possibly headed towards uh, the Texas coast, and uh, that might change by the time you hear this podcast. But hurricane season's here, right? Pretty much through uh, almost the first Mid-October. No Mid-October, the first of November. Yeah. Hey, the big uh, story in the RV industry uh, this week was because of the new Delta variant and COVID-19 infection rates going up for the second year in a row the uh, RV dealer open house in Elkhart, Indiana, which was scheduled to start, I think, late next week, week or week after, is canceled. Two years in a row they've canceled it. It was Winnebago, Thor, and Forest River. They all said uh, that uh, they just had to cancel it. And uh, that's a big disappointment to a lot of dealers because that's where they see the new models that are coming out. It's also a lot of fun. They really whine and <laughs> it dine. It really is dealers. fun. They bring in good entertainment and there's good food and uh, it really is a you, fun thing. You know I'm, I'm thinking every our audience isn't going to care because they weren't invited yeah, in the beginning. It, it's not a it's not open to the public. But you no. know, we went and the, the last one they had before they canceled, and we did a video on it. I mean, you want to talk about you? You got to look at it. We'll put a <laughs> link to the video in the show notes for this episode at rvlifestyle.com, the Elkhart uh, video, but it was it was pretty great. All right, what else we got? Well, in uh, Germany. The oh, big the big show. Salon Dusseldorf, the Salon RV show in Dusseldorf. Right. I mean, can you imagine this? They, they showed a Class A with a compartment under it to store a car, providing an alternative to those who towed a car behind them. So you don't have a tow... You, you, you the the RV actually if I saw the picture right it raises up mm -hmm, platform and you can drive the car inside yep. of it 
and then it raises down and off you go down the road. It's kind of like, uh, must not be a big car. Like a kangaroo. Yeah, like Let's a kangaroo. Let's call it the kangaroo class A. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they were showing that at the Dusseldorf show. And the Dusseldorf uh, RV show in Europe, you know, they, they held that too. So well, that's I'm, the, I'm proud of That's them. Europe's equivalent of the uh, Hershey RV show. So a big show out there. All right. Now we've got a Minnesota woman flown to a hospital after being severely burned by kerosene at her campsite. According to a report on the incident, a woman suffered kerosene burns all over her body while at Harmony Park near Clark's Grove. A witness told a deputy he and the victim had campsites next to each other and were sitting around a, it's a glass vase. Well, you know, the kerosene lantern and then the base is glass and that's where you the kerosene is. So you can always, it opens glass so you can see how much kerosene okay. is left in it. Uh, with kerosene in it that was burning. The witness said as the woman was leaving, she accidentally kicked the vase over and then became engulfed in flames. That is just terrible terrible what, terrible what well it says she was airlifted to the by the burn unit at a regions hospital in st paul's in critical condition wow i didn't know people still had kerosene yeah quite a few yeah i know? guess they do those that really go out in the middle of nowhere yeah we just have battery operated and yeah. solar the kerosene is still you know it's a pretty effective fuel but yeah uh, you that's know, a sad that story get so burned so bad because it you know it holds about you know a couple inches I don't know, but uh, it's pretty flammable. Well, we got to end this on, okay. a, on a good note, Kicking right? it over sounds like a bad thing. Kicking it over? I don't know. Yeah, kicking it with your foot, meaning it was on the ground yeah. instead of a table. I don't that, know. Uh, I, be careful out there. They, she's at a great spot. Yes, you know, yes and, and hopefully they can help her. All right, we need we need an up story. To All right, we need a positive story. A Texas woman gives birth to a baby in a state park while camping <laughs> in her RV. Way to go, Megan. Yeah, Megan's her name? Yeah. Megan's 30 years old. And what's the baby's name? Loyal. L-O-I-L. And it's yep. a little boy. They were, uh, they're full-time RVers. And uh, the family stopped at a Texas state park near Corpus Christi. She didn't think that the baby would end up being born while they were camping in that area. The baby wasn't due for like about 16 more days. But her, she and her husband, Jonas, uh you know, planned to have their baby in an RV, but with a midwife, not just the family, at Goose Island State Park. Megan said uh, she hoped to be then park at a family member's house, not in the wilderness to have this baby. It was unexpected for sure. She has five other children, so she's a pretty tough lady. Yeah, and she's, she's, they're full-timers. They're going to have the... the loyal a little loyal is going to spend all this time in the rv anyway but uh, well, yeah. congratulations that's how anytime there's a story about a baby being born you can't yeah yeah all right hey when we come back we've got uh, the rv questions of the week we look forward to uh, sharing one with you this week all rvers need specialized emergency transportation coverage to cover air and ground ambulances return to home services and vehicle return you only have a 68% chance that those services will be completely covered by your major medical. The sad reality is that a lot of people believe they have that coverage, but it turns out most carriers that claim to cover air ambulances only cover you for a hospital-to-hospital -hospital transfer and offer no coverage to get you to the initial hospital in the first place. The truth is 68% of air ambulances are hospital-to-hospital. -hospital. Here's a map of all the places in the U.S., that getting to the hospital in the golden hour is not possible without an air ambulance. And with an average cost of $52,481 for an air ambulance, why would you take the risk? Go to peaceofmindforrvs.com today and take a look at the true emergency transportation coverage they offer that covers it all. The coverage can save your life and your life savings. Check it out, peaceofmindforrvs.com. Jennifer and I are members, and we urge you to consider it too. Peace of mind for RVs.com. Have you had it with overbooked, overcrowded campgrounds? Then check out Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,400 wineries, farms, microbreweries, golf courses, and attractions. Harvest Host is a membership service for those with self-contained RVs looking for unique, beautiful, and peaceful overnight camping experiences across North America. When you become a member of Harvest Host, you can camp for free at all these places. 
Jennifer and I are Harvest Host members, and we've made so many great memories at Harvest Host locations. There's no charge for camping, and your Harvest Host membership fee is easily made up with just a couple of stays. Plus, you have awesome places to stay. If you use our special affiliate link of rvlifestyle.com slash hh, you'll automatically get 15% off the cost of your membership. That's 15% off, but you must use the special link, rvlifestyle.com slash hh. This is one of our favorite times in the program, and that is the question of the week. And this time, we even have a video question, so yeah. thank you. I've been trying to get you guys to send us video questions uh, for a long time, and uh, we got one from uh, from Kristen, who just took her cell phone out and said, Hey, Mike and Jen, and you'll see, and those of you who watch this, the video version of the podcast, uh, and you'll hear it on the audio. Uh, she's talking about... Um, something we've been touching on a lot and that is the soft start rv that we have on our rv makes sense our soft start rv on our rv <laughs> anyway it attaches the air conditioning and it lets you um like mooch stock that's why we got it because we like to mooch stock in our kids driveways or their backyard mm -hmm. and we can still run the air conditioning during this hot summer but we don't need that big 30 amp campground supply nor do we have to run our big 3500 watt generator we can run the air conditioner with that soft start uh, with just plugging it into uh, a, a household 20 amp circuit but there's another thing called a hard start capacitor that Kristen has heard about and she had some confusion and she sent us this question hi Mike and Jennifer I'm Kirsten from Orlando Florida love your show I love hearing you all talk about the soft start RV and that's what my questions about my RV has a 15,000 BTU air conditioner, and I'd like to be able to run it off the smallest, quietest generator possible. I have a friend that got what he called a hard start capacitor for his air conditioner, and he says that's all you need. He says don't spend all this extra money for something else like the soft start. So I'd like to know the difference between the soft start and the hard start, and what's really needed to run your air conditioner with the smallest generator possible. Thank you. Okay. So, Mike, it sounds like they both do the same thing. So, what's the difference? Well, they, they kind of do. Uh, hard and soft start kits both help your um, RV AC power up. Now, when you turn on your uh, air conditioning unit in your RV, uh, it's compressor. And that think of that as kind of the heart of the unit. Uh, it provides this surge of power, uh, which helps the system start up. Because you turn it on, you know, the fan's running. And then a few minutes, uh, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, uh, depends on your unit, you'll hear this clunk. Sometimes the lights will actually flicker. And that is because when that compressor starts up, it takes this huge spike. Like four to eight times more electrical current is needed to get that compressor going than just to run the AC once the compressor's up and running. So over time, that blast of power, which also generates heat, it can take its toll on the compressor and other components in the air conditioning unit, especially older models that have their fair share of use in, in hot climates. I mean, if your compressor is already worn out, it requires even more electricity to shift from start to running mode, you know, with the compressor on. So a hard start kit basically shortens the startup period that's required by the compressor, which then reduces the amount of electricity that your AC uses to start up. And uh, the problem with that is the forcefulness of a hard start can cause compressor parts to maybe deteriorate uh, or should be stressed a little bit more. And a hard start also tends to be noisy which air conditioners are noisy enough, most of them, and uh, it's a little noisier with that hard start. Uh, now, soft start, uh, they also increase the effectiveness and, but also the longevity of your AC unit uh, or your with your compressor. And it does that by reducing what they call the in-rush current that's needed for compressors to start. They reduce that about 60% soft start does. So that minimizes any potential wear and tear to the compressors and other AC components. And it also reduces the required size of a generator needed to start the system by about 
Instead of a 3,500 watt generator, for example, with the soft start, you can actually start it with about 2,000 watt generator, one of those smaller generators. So it saves you money, it saves you power, uh, and that's very useful if you're camping out in the middle of the wilderness and you don't have a, 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 a onboard generator. The smaller ones will start it with that soft start. In our case, it is great for mooch docking because instead of a 30 amp supply that we need, we can plug into a 20 amp. Um, now the Soft starts cost more. Uh, they cost about 300 bucks. Uh, you can probably get uh, a hard start for half that or, or less. Uh, they're not that much. But soft starts in the long run last longer. So I think you get your money's worth several times over. And uh, it adds to the life of your compressor and your air conditioning unit. They're both effective. And uh, if money is the issue, go with the hard start. Uh, if you want something that's a little quieter and that uh, makes it a little easier to regulate that power, I think uh, Soft Start is what we'd recommend. Uh, we'll put a link to some more information on all this in the show notes, uh, rvlifestyle.com. But I hope that answers your question, Christian. And now we want you guys out there in the audience to send us your questions. And again, uh, just use your smartphone and, uh, and shoot a selfie. Ask us the question. You can also use it to send us comments, too, that we can include in the podcast. Hi, dear. How we we would love to get you on camera, so please do that. I think it, for us, it's kind of fun to see the question. You know, and the, for, we play the audio in the, in the audio podcast, and we show the video in the video. But for us, it's just, you know, because we're talking to a camera right now, you know, and each other and you. But it would be nice. It's nice to see you. It's nice you. to see you. So anyway, our address is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. That was such a long answer. I was going to say, uh, could you repeat that beginning part for me? <laughs> but put, then you gave everybody a way to read it. Did I put you to sleep a little bit? Maybe? <laughs> I was, I was going to tease you. I'm sitting there talking. I'm answering that, and her eyes are kind of glazing over. And I tried to really uh, simplify Boil it down? It. It's hard to, uh, to give a technical answer you know, uh, verbally, it's much but easier you to write it You told everybody down. where they could go so that yeah. they can read it and get yeah, the answer. Go to Because I was also, okay, as soon as he gets done, I'm going to say, I kind of forgot in the beginning. Could you oh. just repeat that? I would have gone, well, <laughs> all over again. All right, we're going to take a real quick break this time, very short one, and then we're back and uh, we'll look at the RV calendar of the week. Stay with us. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds, competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites, well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. Jennifer and I visited the Landings, a lakefront community just west of Nashville, Tennessee, that offers incredible lakefront RV properties up to 70 times the size of typical RV lots with frontage on the biggest lake in Tennessee. We loved it. The scenery is breathtaking and you own it outright. Not a timeshare, your property, your way. You can have your own private dock. You can landscape, garden. They're pet friendly. It's gated and secure with high speed internet. There's even free RV and boat storage. A wonderful place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations. It's ready whenever you want. Dockable lakefronts starting at only $59,900. There's financing and big discounts on multi-lot packages. For information, visit rvlakes.com. That's rvlakes.com. All right, now the exciting news. The news you've been waiting for after last year of no RV shows to speak of very, very few. They're back. They're back, yes. Uh, and, and, you know, everybody's practicing social distancing. In some places, masks are suggested. In some places, they may be required, but the shows are coming back. And uh, as proof positive of that, the uh, largest RV show, America's largest RV show in Hershey, Pennsylvania, is on right now this week. Runs until Sunday, September 19th, 2021. And uh, Jen and I will be there. We want to do a meetup with you if you can. We'll be meeting up on Friday and on Saturday. Uh, 2 p.m. Friday, you can meet us in the Giant Center uh, on the upper concourse. When you go in the main doors, turn right, and you'll find us uh, about a quarter of the way down. We're at a booth. A331 and 332. A331 and 332. It's where you'll see signs for tire minder and internet on the go. And uh, these folks offered us to use their space 
and uh, we're we're delighted uh, we'll be there. So rain or shine, come and see us 2 p.m. Friday uh, at uh, the Hershey RV Show. So that's this week. But wait, there's more shows. There are more shows. So we have uh, September 16th through the 19th, Maryland's Recreational Vehicle Association RV Super Sale. Maryland State Fairgrounds, Lutherville, Timonium, Maryland. And if you can't get to Hershey that weekend, this coming weekend, just go to the, the Maryland show. Next one is October 7th through the 10th. It's out in uh, at the Tacoma Dome in Tacoma, Washington. It's the Tacoma Fall RV Show, October 7th through the 10th. And followed by October 8th through the 10th, Myrtle Beach RV Show. Myrtle Beach Convention Center, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. All right, and there'll be more sh uh, shows coming. We will, uh, again, put links to all these shows in our show notes at rvlifestyle.com for this episode. All right, um, before we wrap it up, we want to pass along our tip of the week, and this was kind of a fun one. Uh, it has to do with what do you do with um, muddy shoes, you know, unfortunately I confess many times I've just come right in the RV and just taken oh I'll take them off and I leave them and they kind of track all over so you found our friend Chris who had a, a great solution yeah a place an area to store your muddy shoes take a look at this you can do the same thing When you're coming in from outside and you've been in the dirt or in the sand, your feet are all wet, everything's on your shoes, Chris has found a solution to make this easier. So Jennifer, I have a bath mat here. And as you can see, it's cut to fit. It has a little suction cups on the bottom so it sticks. When I come in now, I can set my feet here and I don't slip. It has the suction cups. This floor is great, but it is a little slick if you happen to have wet shoes. Solution, bath mat. And then if I come in and I have wet, sandy shoes, I have another little section here, and they're off the carpet, and they, stay, they keep the carpet clean and dry. And if this wears out, gets dirty, easy to buy another one. It's easy to buy another. I can clean it, but when it gets too dirty, off it goes, a new one comes in. I think this is a great tip because nobody wants to track in all that mud, dirt, and sand that we do. Exactly, exactly. And then nobody wants to slip when you're coming in with the wet feet. So, yeah, it's a good solution. Well, thank you for the great tip. And with that, this episode comes to an end. We're looking forward to seeing everybody in Hershey, Pennsylvania this week. We'll have more to talk about it on the following week when we come back with the next edition of the podcast. But... It's time to pack and get ready to head to Hershey. Thanks so much for uh, being a part of this podcast. Don't forget, send us your questions. Our email address is Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. You can send us email questions, comments, or don't forget, do those selfie questions or comments. We'd love to get those too. Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. Thank you guys again for being a part of the podcast. Happy trails. <laughs>